Alright, let's get this underway. It is Solid 60 episode 50. Uh, welcome to my Saturday evening on April the 13th, 2019. It is I, Patrick, and I haven't done a lot in the last two weeks. I can't believe it's been that long since the last episode. I finally edited and uploaded them, so I've got no excuse but to get this done and dusted. Hello to my co-host, that will be the little cat Gizmo, who decided to come in just as soon as he heard me talking and add his purr to the mix. God knows if we'll ever hear it, but sure sounds loud enough uh, from here. It is weird, the sounds I can hear, like off mic, so to speak, like right now, and then on the mix there, when I play it back, no purr, nothing like that. But of course, I can hear other things that I don't hear right now in person, like the air conditioner's a lot louder, the humming from the PC that the mic's sitting on is ridiculous, but I just can't bring myself to turn it off because I'm pretty much using the what's on the monitor in front of me to give to provide a lot of the content. So it's a necessary evil, I'm afraid. Eventually I will find, I mean the mic's fine, but I will find a better way to do this. It's, I did go to JB twice in the last couple of days to look for a different kind of mic, a more traditional jacked mic rather than USB because that way I can eventually have two mics or three and they'll sound a lot better when I've got a couple of people but yeah no one at JB when they could finally talk to me knew what they were talking about not a single microphone shop but there was one out at uh, I think it was Norellan or MacArthur Square what was quite a large store and they had at least 20 different mics set up and again it took a long time to find someone to talk to me and when I finally did they had no idea what they were looking at. So they spent a lot of money stocking the place, doing the visual merchandising. It all looks great, but there's no one there that actually has the sales knowledge to sell it. One or two stores maybe, but none of the ones I've been to. So that's what's ground my gears this week. Of course, there was one other small thing, the fact that I was fired just over a week ago on the 9th of April. It was a Friday. Let me double check that. I think it was actually, if I go back to the Friday, well, that might've been the 5th. It was a Friday. I came in, at the end of the day, about to do the last site, to drop off some paperwork and the usual stuff. I think I was picking something up as well. It doesn't matter. The point was, Sebastian, who I was there to meet, wasn't around. Went upstairs after being called up by Richard, some strange man there in a suit, who just said, "Uh, can you sit down? Do you have time to talk? Clearly, I did now, because all I had to do was sign a contract saying that I was happy to receive my entitlements and get the fuck out basically it was piled on top of the talking i'd had a week before about the truck i'd been driving for at least ever since they bought it so i put fifty-five thousand plus k's on the thing since zero essentially and in in richard's mind i'd put one too many scratches on the giant tank on the back and the rough and tumble daily wear of driving around construction sites everyone else that looked at it didn't seem to be bothered like i showed the other driver who's been doing it for 20 years or something and he pointed out just as many scratches on his sure he's had the truck longer but he didn't think it was anything out of the ordinary apparently for richard it was some huge flagrant abuse uh, and neglect so it was time for me to go which i should have seen coming to be honest because he said no you can't be in that truck any- truck anymore he put me on the smaller one that i'd started in so i was pretty pissed about that i made my feelings known to his son who didn't want a part of it because he's like i'm not involved i didn't make the decision why are you putting all this on me but i was all, which was kind of unfair to be honest to him but you know i was angry and i had to uh i couldn't pretend not to be and i didn't have it out on him personally i wasn't even saying that his father all right 
I just dropped the mic. I'm going to blame the cap for that, but it was probably me just putting it on top of a very precarious platform there. And now it's in the way. I had it sitting on top of a USB cable, and uh, apparently that was enough for it to eventually fall off all by itself. No help from the cat that was sitting right next to it. You promise that wasn't you? He's looking a bit guilty, but onwards we go. Right, so where was I? Yeah, I was uh, yeah, giving a bit of stick. Not Again, I wasn't being personal. I think I sent two texts that he thought were a bit sarcastic because I took truck one. Most of the trucks are stocked with plenty of product that we sell. It, it didn't have any in it when the guy asked for it, which is pretty rare, and we make a commission from that. So I was a bit pissed off, and I said, well, of course, truck one doesn't have any oil, and I uh, took that a bit personally. And then what did I say? I said, oh, you need to send Willem on Monday to do Nelson's Point because truck one has a really short hose, which apparently they were going to fix for me uh, on the Monday, which obviously didn't have to be. God knows if they really did that. But that's why, as far as I knew, I was coming back the week after. But that yeah, didn't work out. I don't know if it was because I was so mad. Like I basically signed the review that we did, which was just a little employee kind of performance appraisal or something like that and I was mostly pretty good I'd never taken a sick day I'd never been late Uh, my uniform stuff was pretty good once they started laundering it Uh, I washed the truck regularly Richard didn't think I kept it clean enough but to be fair I was washing it whenever there was daylight so I don't think I could have done much better than I was I don't know he just I'd heard a lot about previous employees marching off disgruntled uh, having it in and and Shirley who's the office manager I'm just naming names here aren't I but who cares I mean that bridge is burnt it's it's done and dusted I'm still friends with Sebastian who's never going to listen to this anyway so you know it's all kind of academic really I've got no false hopes that one day I'm ever going to make good with with Richard because it was just such a ridiculous way to go out and even at this early stage in the year after being shunted back to the truck one I was like well, fuck the Christmas party. <laughs> it's only April, but I was like, I'm so mad at him. that, I... And I was under the false impression that they kind of needed me. It was hard to get good drivers. Other than what his impressions were of my performance in that truck, I was still fairly useful to the organization. We are still kind of busy. Sebastian told me he did 11,000 liters the other day, and he's really under the pump because I'm not there anymore. And... <sighs> The other reason was I think it went down like that was Shirley wasn't around. She was on holiday. She would have probably reined him in a little bit. And yeah, again, that's part of the reason why apparently she's not been around as much. She can only do four days a week because it's it's just too much being in the office all the time. And I mean, that's from her own words. So I don't know. Maybe that was told to me in confidence. But again, I'm out of there. I'm not, I've got no loyalty anymore. I was pretty loyal. I didn't actually go around and try and get another job after that, even though the other driver said he would have. If someone had told him to change trucks, he would have just handed in his keys and gone, see you later, which I was tempted to do. But in my position, I only just come off a one-year uh, good behavior bond with the license because of being on the phone and stupid things like that. I basically wasn't 100% confident I could just walk into another job. Thankfully, though, that is exactly what happened. Within four days, I'd had three interviews and two of them got back to me and were like, yeah, can, we, when can you start on Monday? And that was my big dilemma after that was deciding which one to take. The one that pays 28, I think it was an hour, for 60-ish hours, just doing tons of time. Be a bit messy. It was a vacuum pump truck thing where it's, it's pretty full on and physical labor. So there was that. But then this other job popped up and I went in. He said he'd interviewed a lot of people. So I wasn't fully confident, but we had a good chat and he seemed like a good bloke. I think his name was Matthew. And I won't mention the company name because I'm now working for them. 
so I don't want anything getting back to them but basically it's based in Granville so it's a lot closer than the the one that had a lot of hours and it, and the pay is much better it's $32 an hour which is fairly good it's a lot better than the 24 I was getting at Nevase though there's no commission so all in all I think I'll be earning a little bit less because there's no overtime but I'll be doing a lot fewer hours and uh, hopefully I enjoy the work I'm not sure exactly what that involves I know it's driving around the city obviously dropping off things like uh, scaffolding and railings and stuff like that at sites and I have to use this little crane they have on the back of like a flatbed truck and hopefully I can manage it without being a complete twat and ruining it I didn't hear back from one interview which was like a demolition company it was a very confident and I'm not gonna say bogan but just full-on she runs the place she seemed only like 20 something just this big uh, hulking but not in an unattractive way like solid woman of like if you think of Ronda Rousey I guess in that kind of vein of like she uh, works out and gets shit done and you don't want to fuck with her like she's had shouting matches with her drivers and I heard all these stories that she told me about like how intense it can get and how crazy a demolition business is and they worked in this ramshackle uh, giant warehouse that looked like it had just blown together in a storm and apparently if you get back early you help out in the warehouse you don't drive off and sleep somewhere for two hours in the truck which is I think why they're looking for a new driver but yeah for whatever reason I didn't hear back from her which is you know I'm pretty sure I would have gone with the job I did anyway and weirdly enough another place got back to me that I hadn't they hadn't advertised as far as I know cookers they transport the grease and oil and stuff that I think also fresh stuff and then they take out the old stuff and basically drive around and it's really booming they're about to build a 10 million dollar warehouse or distribution center in uh, Huntingwood which is just down the road so yeah that was frustrating that they got back to me so much later because I sent the email I think on a Sunday night or a Monday and that was uh, straight to an email address that was on the website so it was the state manager he forwarded it on to the guy at Girawine which is their Sydney office and he eventually got back to me on the Friday and unfortunately I'd already said yes to the job I went with because it was just the one that got away I mean when I went for Nevase three years ago almost again that had happened I'd went to the interview that's why he took me on Friday he, he said I've met you before can we you know this time can we make it happen and I was like oh you did it again they waited too long and he was like I'm sorry that yeah we kind of screwed up there because he was apparently in Canberra and didn't get back and see the email till too late I was like yeah I really got to take this other thing because it's whatever reason I just I had to give it a shot and he said well get back to me if it uh, doesn't work out so that was nice of him and it's really hard for me to say no to people especially when they're offering me money even though it's for labor it's like oh wow who's gonna who's gonna pay me for things it's really hard for me to say no to anyone let alone in that situation so yeah I had to do that to at least two people and hopefully I haven't burned those bridges but it's good to know because after all this time I wasn't sure I could just do anything else obviously not anything there were certain jobs that I looked at that had a lot of minimal requirements certain things that I didn't have like the road ranger experience which is like the high low 20 gear truck gearbox and two other tickets and things that I didn't done on my resume but hey I think I ended up learning on my feet and with the payout from 100 plus hours of annual leave that I had never taken, I'm in an okay position, okay enough, so that when I went shopping today at a bloody Kathmandu, which I never wander into, but hey, I was bored, and yeah, I'd just seen the younger son, we had a great time, he's been still sick, I think it's almost two weeks now that he's been on and off with this 
pneumonia and infection and he's taking all these different kinds of antibiotics but he threw up today while having lunch so that was a bit scary he just sat there we're about to feed him some nuggets and chips even though his mum had sworn he'd never eat anything like that as a baby but you can't argue with the kid that's all he'll eat when you're she does make up for it at home trust me but basically he's about to jump onto his tucker because he loves that stuff but suddenly he started crying out of nowhere and then blurp all over his uh, shirt and shorts just random and we found out it was something that she'd been giving him I can't remember the name it was some kind of a drop that she'd tried it was apparently a great cure for common colds but looked up afterwards and found out that it does cause indigestion very effectively in this kid so that was a bit of a wrong turn doing our best and he had a good time eventually got lots of toys and I'm seeing all the videos after they got home of various uh, hijinks I got up to with their cat so we're all happy basically where else are going with that yeah cat man do so I was confident enough with the few thousand dollars that ended up in my account that I really want to try and not just keep there but build on uh, I bought a bloody puffy winter jacket that I'll never wear but it's actually not a full-on jacket it's a vest which I don't have yet I, don't know, I just saw myself in it and I was like I need this I feel like some well-to-do middle upper class yachting extraordinaire I don't know I just I had to have that it was over half price same as the backpack which I need to go to the gym and bring all my towels and things and have a shower there because it's a much better shower than at home which I still haven't done yet but that seems like a good idea and which I hopefully might do tonight after I've seen one more episode of Counterpart and then I'll go to the gym that's the plan anyway loving the show I think I'm like eight or nine episodes into season one I'm trying to rush through them partly because it's fun and also partly because it's uh, on SBS, which if the same thing happens as did a few months ago, I'll be really pissed off in that uh, Handmaid's Tale were just about near the end of season one and gone. Suddenly they only had season two and three or something on there. So I was a bit like, come on, why would you do that? And it still happens on Netflix. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's rare, but you see it sometimes on uh, streaming services like Netflix and Stan where they don't have the rights to every season and for me that's just like well I'm not going to watch that show then because you don't start halfway through a TV show that just doesn't work and yeah I don't want to get caught out by that so it's a really good show it's got it's, let's look it up because that's what we do on here and when we're into a show or a movie or whatever it is there's been a lot of entertainment news and we're finally going to be able to talk about it tomorrow on Banana Split so I'm not going to edit this till at least I've got both podcasts ready to go and that will be hopefully we're going to have lunch and play some games after the recording but here we go it's got 8.1 on imdb which is pretty high there's let's see how much trivia there is I, I can't imagine there'd be much for tv series there's not usually a lot no there isn't uh, every episode is also a song title well that's good to know yeah i was just going to name the jk simmons how could i forget it's got he's got such we well, plays howard silk and they're also staying on the theme like the last episode i think was about us I could have had a bit more energy in that. I just edited it and I was like, wow, was I half asleep? I went from being manic in the one before that to being almost comatose in the Us review. And I'm sorry about that. I hope I'm wrong, but that's the impression I got. Feedback away, please. Yeah, this series has got Harry Lloyd, a lot of British actors. It's weirdly set in Germany because apparently that's where the doorway is into an alternate dimension, which is basically in 1986, a door was opened and either it had been there all along or it created two alternate realities that started diverging. They'd been exactly the same up to that point. Same people, same 
everything was identical and then from the moment the door opened it's a bit like that physics theory about the cat being in the box and once you open the box it's not there and not there at the same time it's a bit like the observer altering the phenomenon i can't remember exactly what the theory is but it's a bit murky but it's a very clever show jk simmons is amazing playing two very different versions of himself and so is everyone else as far as i can see they don't all have a double that you kind of meet but few that you do like wow they they really are considering they have the same childhood mostly uh if they're old enough because a lot of people are born after the divergence i don't know what you you know that's a different movie series but this is a lot smarter than divergence trust me it's it's like an old cold war thriller almost because it's there's very much lots of spies and intrigue and you really can't look away it's not the kind of show where you can really be reading articles and uh checking facebook at the same time i'll still try but uh the number of times i've had to rewind or go back and just go what the fuck is going on this is uh quite confusing so i can't recommend it more and yeah i might as well while i'm here read the rest of the trivia though it's probably yeah trivial in high school showrunner justin marks and executive producer jordan horowitz were in a band together called the side project it's probably why all the episodes are song titles. Michael Nickvist was originally cast in the role of Chekhov, later renamed Aldrich. I think that's the uh, the main security guy. That went to Ulrich Thompson after Nickvist, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, dropped out due to scheduling. Nickvist later died in late June during production of the series. Damn. So let's have a look at who that is. Is it someone I'd recognize? Yeah, wow, well, he died. Damn. Okay, I like that guy. I, I didn't realize he died. He's in a lot of movies. John Wick, he is the uh, guy that John Wick eventually has to kill. The father of the, the dude that killed his dog. But he's been in a bunch of things. He's a really good actor. That's really sad to see him go. He's Swedish or something. I'll go back to like his actual... Sweden, yeah. So that sucks. Ghost Protocol, The Mission Impossible. He, he plays a lot of bad guys, put it that way. Very easy on the eye for like a, a plump, middle-aged dude with like five o'clock shadow you just kind of like there's yeah, something about him opening sequence sees reference to black and white stones from the popular board game go it's the same game that howard and andre play the game is popular for having the most number of alternative combinations for a move two times ten to the power of 170 while an opponent tries to occupy more territory on a board than their competitor both olivia williams and harry lloyd appeared in manhattan jamie bamber eric and harry lloyd peter quayle and Nicholas Pinnock, Ian Shaw, all worked on the British crime series Marcella. Okay, so that rings a bell. I didn't think I've watched it though. Both, uh, there's two of the actors were also in Homeland. Mido Hamado, Japanese name, but yeah, an American actor I've seen around. Uh, he's quite engaging too. Really makes it feel modern to have a guy like that. Fairly senior position, it looks like, in the spy agency or whatever they're calling it that kind of uh, maintains this doorway that most of the public don't know about in both worlds. That's all I can say about that, 8.1. I guess I should pull up a review or even something that explains it better than I have so far. I'll just read the storyline part of it. It's a mysterious world hidden beneath the surface of our everyday existence. Howard Silk is a lowly cog in the bureaucratic machinery of a Berlin-based United Nations spy agency. When Howard discovers that his organization safeguards the secret of crossing into a parallel dimension, is thrust into a shadow world of intrigue, danger, and double-crossing, where the only man he can trust is his near-identical counterpart from that parallel world. It's, the show explores themes of identity, fate, lost love, posing the eternal question, what if our lives could have been different? 
yeah, it's it's an age-old cliche question, but they handle it really, really well. So that that's enough on that. Close those pages because I did want to read a quick couple of things I had sitting here. The Orville, have I not gone through that? Why is that sitting there? The voice of the computer is Rachel McFarlane, Seth McFarlane's sister. I don't remember if I have. I mean, I'm looking through this stuff and I don't remember reading it out. I mean, if I have, just skip this because I'm just going to run through some of it again. The Orville, I did finally finish all of season one and season two on SBS as well. And boy, golly, it was a ride. So much better than the Star Trek series Discovery, I have to say. As much as that has its moments, this is really where I'm at in terms of following the adventures of the main characters and seeing them as almost a surrogate family. It's, it's another show on SBS that I recommend you get into. It's the first live-action show Seth MacFarlane created. Lieutenant Bortus resembles a Klingon. Bortus was the name of the ship that transported Kempek. In Star Trek The Next Generation was commanded by Juras. Several cast members have worked with Seth on other projects, including Scott Grimes, Rachel McFarlane, and Jay Lee, all a sort of American dad. The line where Captain Mercer asks Alara, can you open this pickle jar for me, is a reference to the Powerpuff Girls. The mayor of Townsville is always calling the girls to open his pickle jar for him. See, I wouldn't have known that. I don't remember reading this ever. Uh, you've got Liam Neeson and Charlize Theron in there at one point, which is some, oh, some big names to drop into like a you know, reasonably obscure sci-fi series and again he worked with them on A Million Ways to Die in the West he tends to uh, one of those Hollywood things where he's like yeah you're around I'm shooting this show can you just jump in for one or two scenes they both did really well the voice and you've got Ted Danson in there and a couple of other you know star cameos Uh, on Captain's desk is Kermit the Frog Toy Seth is known to have had an amazing Kermit impression featured on occasion in Family Guy the majority of season one was directed by various Star Trek series alumni. I'm not going to read them all out, but there's a lot of them. So, season two, episode three, guest stars Robert Picardo, Alara's father, and John Billingsley, both starred as doctors on Star Trek. Robert Picardo was the emergency medical hologram on Voyager, and John Billingsley was Dr. Flox. There's lots of actors, including the doctor on the ship. Despite all the technology borrowed from Star Trek, there's one major component missing, a transporter until episode 12 which is just an alien transporter there you go a small model of the Wright flyer is on Captain Mercer's desk the ship is named after Orville Wright one of the Wright brothers on December 17th 1903 they conduct a free controlled flight of a heavier than air power driven plane when Orville's crew visit Lieutenant Commodore Bortus's home planet in About a Girl there can be seen an overpolluted city it's based on Norilsk an overpolluted Russian city North to Arctic Polar Circle. Penny Johnson Gerald, that's who I was talking about, Dr. Claire Finn. She's the only member of the Bane cast with extensive acting experience in Star Trek. She guest starred in The Next Generation before a recurring role as Captain Ben Sisko's main love interest, Cassidy Yates, on Deep Space Nine. Starting with Family Business in 95, and on she went. Seth MacFarlane appeared as a junior engineer, Ensign Rivers, in Star Trek Enterprise, The Forgotten, and Star Trek Enterprise Affliction, and Scott Grimes had his scenes from Star Trek The Next Generation Evolution deleted. So there you go. Scott Grimes, which one was that? I'm going to have to go have a look, aren't I? I'm hearing these names. So he's the pilot, Scott Grimes. So he was in Star Trek as well, though it ended up on the cutting room floor. He's a great... Um, him and his uh, co-pilot, who ends up like chief engineer or something. A bit of a spoiler. They both are really, really fun to watch. Let's uh, scroll down a little bit. So again, that's something I can't hear when I do it. But on the mic, uh, for some reason, it definitely picks it up. As uh, careful as I am. 
When Star Trek was first introduced to television in 1966, it was set roughly in the year 2266, adding 300 years to the show's debut. When the first episode of The Orville opens, caption reads the year as being 2418, roughly 400 years added to the season's debut. So I think personally, as optimistic as I am, both of those shows, as in any sci-fi, uh, with its books, comics or movies, they're always super optimistic. Like this year's 2019, essentially uh, when Blade Runner was set, so many shows, like if you look at even Back to the Future, as a really obvious one, when they come forward to, and again it was 2000, it was last year, that he went forward to, you know, they had flying cars and all that sort of junk. So very disappointing. The reality, as Thanos says, is often disappointing. But who knows? I mean, there's going to be some things that shows like this don't predict that will blow our minds if we could go forward to that point, say even 300 years from now. Because, you know, if you just think of how much, how far forward we've gone in the last 100, I mean, there's that law of diminishing marginal returns. Computers can only get so fast uh, before you hit that wall of, of like... There's certain things they just can't get past. Uh, you can't miniaturize beyond, like, the atom. There's certain things where you get to a point, we've really slowed down, put it that way. We got to the moon 50 years ago, and where have we been since then? We took a picture of a black hole the other day, so that's nice. I mean, it was using radio waves, and it's a bit blurry, but still pretty amazing. But yeah, I, we haven't been to any other planets on foot, put it that way, or at least put our feet on them, if you know what I mean. So things are happening slowly in that area. We spend a lot more money on manning walls and stocking up armories than we do uh, on space exploration. So I can't see it unless there's drastic changes and given the nature of uh, the way climate change is, is accelerating faster than technology, as much as I want technology to save us, I just I think it's highly unlikely that we're going to see anything like what you have in shows like this in the next 300 years. The other main problem is that it assumes that you can travel around it faster than light speed and that there's a million different uh, civilizations and aliens of various constitutions so you've got that blobby guy it's just basically jelly that's been poured out of a bowl and you're like yep that's a character and he has a pretty big role in the series especially later on so it's like that's pretty unlikely unfortunately as much as we all love that to be true like the Star Wars and a lot of shows like that Firefly it just seems really really unlikely the more you learn about how big space is and how hard it is to travel really quickly through it i mean even light takes 50 million years to get to us from the nearest large black hole at least that's the one we got the photo of i honestly have no idea how close that is to us compared to other black holes but i'm like and yeah if faster than light travel was relatively common surely we would have had a few people knocking on our door already so that's the only disappointing thing but, you know, it's nice to imagine. Uh, back into the trivia, almost done. Seth said he was not interested in reviving Star Trek for TV. Now the Orville, a not-so-subtle Star Trek homage, is premiering the same year as Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, and they've really pissed off the, the old uh, school fans. But I, I think it's fun. But you can't say it's in the same universe. None of the stuff relates. or It completely retcons everything. So at least... Make it an alternate type thing. Then, sure, do whatever you want. The exterior markings for the Orville is EC197 Orville. I don't know why anyone would care, but that's uh, in the list. The musical score was by Joel McNeely, main theme by Bruce Borton. That's the first time I've seen that sort of info in the trivia. Uh, I did warn you it would be trivial. 
So there we go. That's that. I can close. Moving on to this article, which I did read at one point a few months ago. See, 24th of March. Uh, I just thought it was kind of funny. It's the first time this has happened, surely, that a soldier was charged after going rogue during a computer game on a virtual battlefield. So basically, there's a bunch of soldiers that want to be out in the field doing real soldiering, but they're stuck back at barracks, so they do a, a bit of training on this kind of... It looked like... I mean, you can. there's a stock photo. I don't know. Basically, a first-person shooter, and they're all running around with mics on in the game. And we were supposed to imagine this is the source from 3rd Battalion. We'd spent two weeks in front of laptops, pretending we were in a really hostile urban environment. I'd challenge anyone to take it seriously for that long. All this was taking place in an office, when we'd rather be doing real-life soldiering outside in the fresh air. But there's less of that sort of exercise these days because the army has committed to unit-based virtual training. We're supposed to imagine we were travelling in an armoured vehicle through a really hostile build-up area. One of the lads just lost his rag and opened fire, as it were, killing the soldier next to him. He then drove down the street, deliberately smashing into cars. It's safe to say the officers in our battalion did not find it very funny. The unidentified rifleman was reprimanded and later formally charged with disobeying orders. His punishment was spent to spend a weekend carrying out guard duties the Scottish capital. And the spokesperson said, we take the training of our service personnel very seriously and anyone who is disruptive to this training will receive disciplinary action. That's not a very good Scottish accent, but who knows where he's from. That, that was a pretty silly situation, I think. I mean, I, having briefly served in the army, do know how bloody anal they can be. So it doesn't surprise me that he got in trouble, but it's, you got to admit, it's pretty funny how that went down. And we're probably going to see a lot more of that kind of thing in the future. So that's that. There's a mute article that I referenced uh, last time but didn't read out. It's a long one. And we're already at over 30 minutes into the podcast. So I'm not going to go through that. We're just going to keep teasing it. I saw the movie a while ago, but stuck with me for some reason now. And then I'll just ponder it and go, wow, that was a wit. That was an odd duck. Just Paul Rudd really playing against type. And uh, go watch it before I actually spoil the thing for you. And we're off again. I've got a tab here. I'll move it to the second page because it's a bunch of creative writing from a friend who is a TAFE teacher and he helps run different courses and he's now involved heavily in esports. Christopher McCutcheon and he was one of the first people that sent me a bunch of links to his own writing which I didn't know he did. A June monologue he's got there. He's got uh, some short stories which ties into what I want to do eventually and I have been putting it off I don't know why I can't do one tonight. I don't know. I'm just nervous because people might actually listen to it and tell me it's shit. So I'm a little bit hesitant to really put it out there. And some of the ones I have listened to are really good. Uh, There's that guy that does a thousand and one short stories, heroes and mysteries. I'm not going to have that much of a mouthful. It's just going to be like tales from the short side, which I thought was quite cute. So I've come up with that and that's about it because again, a lot of these other ones I've heard, they, they do really well with putting in dialogue like they'll have different actors they have music they have sound effects all that sort of thing so which i don't really have the production the means to do that at this point so i was just going to read it out and yeah i'm a little nervous that that writers are just going to hear me do it and go now nah, good but i've got to do it i mean it's just one of those things i've got to get past outside of my comfort zone i think there might be a market for that at least people there's certain people out there that you know read biographies or read sci-fi or read whatever and there's other people that with podcasts they just want to hear stories so I'm hoping that will be an ongoing thing that I eventually can fine-tune. But for now, 
let's jump on to a really cute story that I saw on, again, Today I Learned, about uh, female penguins. I'm going to zoom up to where the action is. And it's essentially that some female penguins engage in prostitution, performing sex acts in exchange for pebbles. I don't know why they want pebbles so much, but they're uh, apparently a substitute form of monetary of money. So, however, sometimes they will just trick the male into thinking they'll have sex, then run off once she gets the pebble. So imagine a penguin on his back like a turtle, unable to get up, watching a prostitute slowly waddle away with his last $20, not being able to do anything about it. So yeah, it's just a weird little... The more you learn about nature, the more you realize we're really not that far away from the animal kingdom. I had already scrolled down a fair way. Something about monkeys. They taught them about economics and let them engage in transactions. Some quickly turned to prostitution. Either this was the result of being short of money and realizing they could sell sex for money, or wanting sex enough that they were willing to pay for it. So the other party obliged. Either, in either case, the monkeys weren't taught that, but they learned they could by themselves. They say it's the oldest profession, and more so than we realized, I think. So here's another Adeli, so that's the penguins. They build their nests from stones, which are therefore highly prized at breeding time in colonies. So that's why the pebbles are good to have. The young males who have not yet found a mate are doubtless sexually frustrated, collect piles of the best stones with which they buy sexual favours from the breeding males. Dr. Fiona Hunter, a researcher in the zoology department at Cambridge University, explained the single male penguins appear to have only their own pleasure as a motive, while all the female penguins, she observed, trading sex for stones had partners. Wow, that's just bizarre. Like, that blows my mind. As an aside to the actual subreddit, because I like to have it there, I'll just keep, keep it... I mean, I was going to go down a little bit further and read some of the other things, like the female zebra shark that was held in captivity by herself, alone gave birth asexually in 2017. It's only the third time that's happened and uh, sperm storage was ruled out. It was literally a shark just giving birth to itself with minor differences. So that's a thing that happens. George Washington died when doctors tried to cure his inflamed throat with bloodletting. He lost more than half his blood before they stopped and he just died. I mean, Christ. I know shit was medieval back then, but you're going to help a guy out by basically uh, draining his blood. I just, I never understood that. What do you call them? The leeches, I get, because you're sort of cleaning an infection. They suck out the uh, the bad stuff, apparently. We still use them, cleaning a wound. But you don't just empty half the blood. That's that's going to hurt. I'll keep going, because I think if I go scroll all the way down, it just kind of stops at a certain point. So I'll just read what I've got. And it's very limited. I don't know why. It's just a certain number here. So that makes it easy to pull stuff out of. So that will be my sign-off. And then there's one more article I can leave till next time, which is, I'll tease it, I'll look at the click business as manufacturing social media, which is a topic that fascinates me. And quite a bit there. So again, I will leave it because we're well into this. And I'll stick to the, the Reddit stuff. So Megan Markle, she's got a varied and wild family tree. Her nephew is a marijuana farmer. To commemorate her wedding... To Prince Harry, he developed a new strain called Markle Sparkle. Well, that's cute. Dry counties in America have three times the fatality rate of alcohol-related accidents than wet counties because, of course, people drive longer distances for alcohol. So talk about an own goal. Charles Morgan, an escrow agent working for the FBI and two big crime groups, was found shot in the back of the head. He had a bulletproof vest, a map to the location his body was found, a tooth in his pocket, and a bill with a Bible reference of course, it was ruled a suicide. Makes perfect sense. man was hit by a metro train going 70 miles an hour and his body parts injured a woman. 
She sued his estate on the theory that if you do something as stupid as this guy, you have to be responsible for what comes from it. I mean, she should have got some kind of compensation from someone. And yeah, but it feels a bit harsh going after his. I mean, it depends on how rich he is. If he had millions of dollars, then why not? But if it's taking the house away from his only surviving children, that seems a bit unfair. People make mistakes. Our brains respond to rejection in the same manner as physical pain. The same areas of our brain become activated when we experience rejection as when we experience physical pain. Having been through that myself, sitting at that in that chair a week ago, listening to some guy I'd never met tell me that he thinks objectively that it's best for everyone that we part ways. Brutal. That, that did hurt. Oh, there's a the thing. Latchkey incontinence, a phenomenon where the urge to urinate gets stronger the closer you are to a bathroom. One example would be when you put your key in your front door when returning home from work. Yeah, it's definitely a thing. It explains a lot. If you let potatoes consisting of 99% water dry so that they have 98% water, they lose 50% of their weight. Yeah, that is a potato paradox. I'm not going to go down that hole because it sounds like it involves maths and I'll get lost very quickly. The 39-storey building in Seoul was evacuated after tremors were felt on the top floors. Instead of an earthquake, it was found that an exercise class on the 12th floor was playing Snap's The Power, which happened to match the building's resonant frequency and caused it to violently shake. I wonder if that could be a hobby. Someone could go around figuring out what the resonant frequency of certain buildings were and trying to bring them down the appropriate song. That would be sort of an evil, really uh, niche supervillain. Ah, yes, I remember this. The old Crash Crush. Texas, a temporary one-day city created as a stunt to exhibit two trains going at full speed. This is back... I don't mention the year, but it was a long time ago. Of course, I have to click on it now. I've heard this on a podcast or something. And it was uh, 40,000 people attended the exhibit on 18... September the 15th, 1896. And basically, the impact caused engine boilers to explode, resulting in a shower of debris on all the spectators. It killed two or three and caused numerous injuries. But of course, everyone's happy, and they sold shirts and everything, and they all came back for the next one. I think they did it again at some point. Obviously, two different trains. The oldest still-functioning light bulb is the Centennial Light in Livermore, California. It was installed in 1901 and has only been turned off a handful of times. That was back before they had those filaments that last only a few months. Because then the, obviously the light bulb people are like, hang on, we're never going to make any money if it lasts forever. So the first synthetically produced color pigment, Egyptian blue, was created 2,000 years ago. Well, no, more than two, It was 4,400 years ago. In 2006, scientists discovered it glows under fluorescent lights, allowing us to detect it on artifacts which are no longer visible to the naked eye. One prisoner who was spending his time at the Baltimore City Detention Center ended up getting four female prison guards pregnant. Thanks to that, he made around $20,000 in smuggled items. How do these guys do that? Like, over and over again, you hear about prison guards sleeping with male prisoners. They got the moves. Not smart enough to stay out, but they got the moves once they're in. Michigan isn't even in the top 10 of worst lead poison states. Pennsylvania and New York are number 2 and 1. Well, that's disappointing. The Japanese 1 yen coin is made from aluminium and is so light it floats on water. That's very cute. Of course, of course it does. Blinkers make the clicking sound because of tradition. And I'm going to leave you there. I'm going to leave it right where it is. And uh, there's only four bits left. And that's what I'm going to save for next time. So I've got a full solid episode. And I will also be talking about... It'll probably be that long. I would have watched some other movie in the cinema by then. Avengers Endgame is until the 24th. 
So hopefully I'll get on the mic before then, but I'm sure I'll have something else to, to uh, mull over. Now with this job, I'll have a lot more spare time, apparently. I'm working from five till two, and I'll come home and do what I gotta do. Hopefully go to the gym on a regular basis and all that sort of stuff. So things have uh, turned up Millhouse. That's the way to look at it. Be positive. But for now, that's it's been a solid fortnight, but you have a solid week. Peace out.